And I am not saying that one is good and the other one is bad. It is just life that we have to go through. Sometimes things go the way that we plan to. And sometimes they don't work out the way that we would like it to work. But nevertheless, we can be assured that God is with us through it all. Amen. So if you're in a good place or you are in a bad place, God is with you. And I want you to know that God wants to reveal himself to you. Because that is what Christmas is all about. It all started with Christmas. Come on. Jesus came to this world so that we can have a relationship with God. That was the plan and the purpose, the destiny of Jesus Christ. To restore mankind back into a relationship with God. But you might say, but pastor, I thought Jesus had to go to the cross to die for my sin. And that is true, but that was only the means necessary to fulfill his purpose. His purpose was to make sure that you can go to God and have that relationship again. Now it was necessary for him to go to the cross to die for our sin. There was a sacrifice had to be made. A perfect sacrifice. But his purpose was all along that we could have that relationship with God again. And that is what Christmas is all about. He came so that we can have a relationship with him. So today we're going to talk about choose Christ. Choose Jesus Christ because Christmas is for you. The reason Jesus came as a baby was so that you could be saved. So that you could have a good life. So that you could have a fulfilled and blessed life. Jesus came and was born in a manger. Amen. So all starts with Christmas. And we're going to look into some of the characters because I am sure that you can identify with at least one. And the first character we're going to look at is, of course, Mary. Very obvious, right? Mary. Mary who had Jesus. And we are reading in Luke chapter 1, verse 34. And there it says, How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Now, like I said earlier, when I summarized the Christmas story, this is when she just heard the news that she is going to become pregnant and she is going to have a baby and the baby is going to be the Messiah of the world. Then she asked, but how can that be? How can that be? Because I am not even married yet. I am engaged to be married, but the marriage has not been consummated yet. So there's no way that I could be pregnant. She knew what she did. No Netflix and chill. She knew what she was up to with Joseph. So she said, there is no way that I could be pregnant. So she was confused. So the first point is, look to God when you are confused. When you are confused as Mary was, go and find God. Because God has the answer. When we are confused like Mary was, we have to go and find God because he has the answer. She was there saying, how can this be? This is impossible. And not only is it impossible, if it is really true, it's going to be shameful. Because we are not even married yet. How can this be? God, I do not understand. 
But then, of course, the angel goes and explains to her that God would create a human inside of her. Come on, like God created Adam and Eve. Now God would create another human, fully God and fully man. For the first time ever, a miracle was going to take place. Do you believe that, Pastor? I believe it. Everything around it. I believe it. But it sounds crazy. Yes, it does. But I still believe it. But they, she, there she was, confused about what was happening in that situation. And I want you to know it's okay to be confused. It's okay not to know what tomorrow holds. It's okay if you have your questions. And you can come to God and ask Him what is on your mind. Because God wants to reveal Himself to you. My favorite scripture, James 4, verse 8. If we draw near to God, He will draw near to you. If we draw near to God, God gave us a promise that He will draw near to us. So if we are confused, the best place, the best thing that you can do is go to God in prayer and ask Him to reveal Himself to you. Because I believe God wants to show up in a mighty and powerful way in your life and lead and guide you. You know what I remember? When I just finished my O-levels in Germany and I applied to go to Bible school, but then I didn't hear anything from them, so there was an opportunity for me to go to Africa, to Angola, for a mission trip for three months, almost four months. So I went to Africa did uh, good work, and then I heard from the Bible school that I had been accepted. But by that time, I already had the job offer to stay on to become uh, the manager of the project that we had in Angola. So I was in the situation, what do I going to do now? Am I going to stay here and do good work? I mean, we are feeding the war children, the children who have uh, lost the parents during the civil war. We are doing good work and I can do something good with my life right here in Africa. Or do I go now to America to Bible school? And so I was praying and I was asking God, what should I do? And then I felt God lead me into the direction to go to Bible school in the U.S., now, when I say God is leading me, God is speaking to me, I heard God say to me, it is usually a thought that comes into my mind. It is usually a conviction or a whisper in my heart that I have to say, okay, I'm not quite sure if that is really God, but I feel that He's leading me in this direction. And then I have to use my intellect. Come on. I have to use... What I hope there is some wisdom in my, in my understanding and I have to start to think about, okay, I feel God wants me to go there, but is that really the right thing to do? Then I have to go into scripture and God speaks through his word as well and just God reveals himself a little at a time and then I knew, okay, I have to go to America. So I went, I left Africa, went back to Germany, and right after two weeks only in Germany, I went to the U.S. to go to Bible school. Long story short, that's where I met Joanna, and that's where we fell in love, and where everything started to happen. And that is how I ended up here in Malaysia. Yes, that's a good place. That is how I ended up here. And I still believe that I am right in the center of God's will. But the thing is, when we are confused, it's okay not to know what is the next step in your life. It's okay. 
because we can go to God and ask Him to lead us, to show us and slowly at a time make us more sure of the next step that we are supposed to take. It's okay to be confused because God wants to lead and guide us. Amen? The second character that we're going to look at is Joseph. Also quite obvious, right? Mary and Joseph. And the, the thing is, if we are troubled like Joseph, look to God. Look to God when you are troubled. Matthew 1, verses 19 through 20. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her public uh, expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It's the breath of God. It's a miracle. But see, here's the thing. That is what we are talking about. Uh, Joseph now had heard from Mary that she is pregnant, that she's going to have the Messiah of the world, but that he did not have to worry. It was nobody else's baby. It was from God a miracle. Must have sounded so crazy to him, right? Like as if that is a possibility. Come on, at least be honest to me. But she said, no, this is what happened. And the Bible says, and this is what I like, he considered this. See, he took some time to consider the situation. He did not rush in to make a, a very rushed judgment or a rushed decision, even though this was probably the most important decision that he has ever made in his life. Even though it was important, he did not rush into it, but he was troubled. Why was he troubled? Because he cared for Mary. But what just happened or is happening in his life right now, he did not understand. He was troubled. Why do I can say that he was troubled? Because he clearly cared for Mary. Because the easy thing would have been done to publicly announce she's pregnant with somebody else's baby. I don't want to have anything to do with her. I'm going my way. Whatever happens to her, I don't care. That would have been the easy way. And in that culture, in that law, would have been justified. But he said, no, because I like her, because I care for her, maybe even love her, I want to do it quietly so that she will not be publicly shamed. So he cared for her, but what was now happening in his life, he could not understand. So he was troubled of what to do. But I like that he did not rush to a conclusion. That he didn't rush in and made a decision right there and then and say, okay, this is it. No, he took time to consider the situation. And may I uh, put it close to your heart that we have to consider if anything is going wrong in our life. Don't rush to a conclusion because things are not going the way that we want them to go. Don't rush to a conclusion to do something drastic because maybe the situation that you're in will seem very different tomorrow or next week. Take time to consider what is going on and go to God and ask Him to lead and guide you. I was talking to Alex the other day and he said, you know what, right now in his 
uh, in his field where he's working, if he wants to take the next step in his career, he has to go overseas. There's not much happening here in Malaysia. So if he wants to progress in his career, he has to go overseas. But here's what I like. He said, but pastor, I didn't make up my mind yet. I'm still praying about it. Amen. That is something that we have to do. If we are presented with an opportunity, if we are presented with a situation in our life where we have now to count the cost, we have to consider what does this really mean for me, for my family, for the people around me. What can I do in this situation? Don't rush to a conclusion, but ask God to show you what is the right thing to do. Because I believe with all my heart that God can speak to you. Not maybe, not like an audibly voice from heaven in the middle of the night coming down and you are getting a heart attack or a shock of your life. But God can whisper into your heart. He can speak to you through a thought and then develop that thought and can lead you in that way in a very practical way. And I believe that God really wants to do that. Amen. So if we are troubled, look to God. The third character we're going to look into, of course, is the shepherds. The shepherds. And that is in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But... The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And this is where we get the but, the, the, the thing from here. They were terrified, but the angel of the Lord said, be, Don't be terrified. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Because I am here to bring you good news. But the thing is, look to God when you are busy. Like the shepherds were doing their daily chores day in, day out. They were living in the fields outside. They were taking care of the sheep. And that is what they were doing day after day. They were in the rut of life. They were in their rut of working life. And they were doing what they were supposed to do day after day. But all of a sudden, one day... God shows up. Or maybe in this instance, one night, the angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, you know what, baby Jesus born, the Messiah is born. And they heard the good news. See, they were in a routine. They were doing their busy life and just doing what was expected of them. And day in and day out, they were always doing the same thing, not expecting anything great to happen. But at one day, one night, God shows up and gives them a news. You know what? God came. The Messiah is here. Everything is about to change. And they would witness one of the first one and come and worship Jesus. They did not expect much, but God showed up in a powerful way. And I want you to know maybe you are busy. Maybe you are in the rut of your working life in your career, trying to climb up the ladder, trying to get the next promotion, trying to raise your children right, trying to get them through college. Maybe whatever it's going on, maybe you are just in your routine. 
And very often, if we are in a routine, it is easy to miss when God shows up. We come to church on a Sunday morning, and we are so in thoughts of what's going to happen next week, about the, the project that I still have to finish up, about what's going on in my life. And before we know it, praise and worship is finished. Never really experience God. It's not because He wasn't there, but because we are so preoccupied with our busyness that we'd even miss God in this place. If you are busy this morning, I want to implore you to look to God because He wants to show up in your life. Amen. Life doesn't have to be always the same thing over and over, but God wants to show up and do something powerful in your life. Amen. He has a plan. He has a purpose for each and every one of our lives. And maybe we have lost sight of that a little bit. But maybe this morning it's time to say, God, I am coming back to you. God, I want you to move in my life again. I want to see that you are using me for your purpose wherever you have placed me. Maybe where I am right now at my working place, God, use me there to have an impact on the people around me. And I can guarantee you that God will show up in your life, that He will do something powerful. But if you are busy, look to God because He wants to do something powerful. I still remember when I was in Bible school, I made friends with uh, a couple there, they were not married at that time, but then they decided they were ahead of me, so they were my seniors. So they decided to get married, and they got married in Germany. So they, had, uh, they rented a castle there from the U.S., from Alaska, but they got married in Germany. So it was over my summer break that I went back from Bible school to Germany to work, to make some money so that I could keep up paying my tuition fees for the Bible school. But so I went back, and they, they invited me to come to the wedding, and it was all the way in the eastern side, the border close to Poland and Germany. From where I am, which is the western side, to drive all the way there is about nine hours, seven to nine hours depending on the traffic. So I was now at home working double shifts as much as I could, and then the wedding was supposed to be on a Saturday. So I was working busily all the week, then I drove off early in the morning, 4 o'clock, I left my house to go to make it in time for the wedding. I went there, I came for the wedding, I was part of the wedding, and that same night I had to drive back because the next day, Sunday, I would be preaching in church. So I was quite busy, so I went there, had a wedding, and then I drove back, and on the way back I had to fill petrol, and I picked up a hitchhiker who wanted to go to the same direction that I was heading. So we were talking in the car. Uh, I dropped him off at the R&R where he wanted to get out. And then I was so busy, so I thought, okay, that's it. Bye-bye. And I wanted to drive off, but then I just had a feeling in my heart to take some time and talk to him. But I'm busy. I have to get home. But I just had that feeling in my heart. No, I have to stop and talk to him a little bit more. So I stopped my car, I got out, we talked some more, maybe for 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, something like that, not that long, but we just talked, and then he started to break down, he cried, and he said he had a falling out with his family, that he was now living just with his friends, just all over the place, didn't really had any place, he didn't have a job, whatever. So we were just talking, and if you know me, I let him do all the talking. 
Because most of the time I'm more of a quiet guy. So if you want to talk, by all means, go ahead and talk. I'm just listening. Only when I'm up here, then I do the talking. But usually I let you do the talking. So he was uh, telling all his story and just doing all these things. At the end, I felt in my heart that I had to pray for him. So I said, you know what, can I pray for you? And I prayed for him and I put the entire salvation message into my prayer that Jesus came and died for him and he wants to bless him. And I prayed everything right over him. And then I gave him some money and I left. Now, I would like to think that that changed his entire life. I would like to think that he is now so touched by God that he would go back to his parents and they have a reunion and everything is good and then he's finding a job, he is getting married and has children and everything is now nice in his life. But the truth is, I have no idea what happened to him. I don't know. But just him uh, uh, seeing that somebody took some time for him and I didn't even think about doing that because I was so busy. But then there was the Holy Spirit, which I, I'm sure that it was the Holy Spirit, prompting me in my heart, take some time to just listen to this man. And hopefully that made somewhat of a difference in his life. But see, very often we are so busy with our life that we miss opportunities for God to show up. We are so busy doing the things that we are doing, maybe even good things, probably good things, like working on our career, trying to get that promotion, providing for our family, trying to raise our children right. All these are good things, but often we are too busy to let God come in and do something in us. So I want to put it close to your heart this morning. If we are busy, Take some time to let God speak into your life. To lead you so that he can use you in a powerful, powerful way. Amen. The fourth character, very quickly, that we're going to look into is Simeon in the temple. Now, Simeon was a prophet. The Bible says here in Luke chapter 2, 25 and 26, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, if you are familiar with the story, it goes on that he went back to the temple. Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple, and he saw the child. He picked him up in his arm and he realized this is the Messiah. He gave praise to God and said, you know what? Now I have seen this Messiah with my own eyes. See, the thing is, he was waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled. So what can we learn from this? Look to God when you are waiting. When you are waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled, look to Him. Because in due time... In his timing, he will bring about the promises that he has given over your life. But pastor, I don't know what is the promise that I have. Well, the Bible is full of God's promises. That by his stripes we are healed. That he has good plans for us. Plans to prosper us and not to harm us. To give us a hope and a future that God will provide our every need. That everything works together for good. What is happening in your life? All these are promises that God has given us in His Word. 
So if you are waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled, wait and hold on a little bit longer. Now I have no idea how long Simeon had to wait before he would see Jesus. It might have been weeks or months or maybe even years. We don't know the time frame, but we know that he was waiting to see the Messiah. And in due time, he did see God kept his promise to him. And he saw baby Jesus. So I want to put it close to your heart that if you are waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled, that he will keep his promises. Amen. He will keep his promises. One more example from my humble life. When I was getting ready to go uh, to, to America, to Bible school, one thing that was always on my mind, but I never told anybody, was if I go into full-time ministry, if I'm going to work for a church, what will happen to my family? Because in German culture, the most important thing is to take care of your family financially. That is... The, the, the most important thing to provide wealth for your family. So I was always thinking if I go into full time ministry, what is going to happen to my family? Will there be enough? Will we have enough? Can I give them a good life or not? And then there was a prophet, Keith Hazel from Canada. He came through our church. And in one of the meetings that we had, he picked me out and he prophesied over me. That God is confirming what he spoke to me already, that I have to take a step of faith, but he will always provide for me. And that I will never have to beg for bread, but that he will always provide, and not only enough, but more than enough, he will provide in abundance. And up to today, that is a promise that I keep hold on to. I say, God, you promised that you will provide for me, that I can provide for my family. You said that I will never have to beg bread, but that you will give in abundance. And that is a promise I hold on to years and years down the line, and I see it being fulfilled in my life constantly, where God provides, and not just enough, but more than enough, in abundance. And I want you to know that the promises that God has given us in His Word, that He will keep those as well. So take the promises of God and say, God, this is what you have promised. Let it happen in my life. And I believe that God will be faithful and that He will bring about the answer to your prayer. Amen. Okay, can the praise team come this morning?